Gal folks, it's Jerry Adams here. Kijemaratashev, Tasila Gomsa, Gowil Shivsha, Gulyor, Gumoy. So, I suppose the big news this week is the resignation of Arlene Foster and the way 80% of her MLS uh, decided that it was time for her to go. And go she did. And uh, I do think this will have uh, many ramifications for politics in the north and politics across the island because for those who are not big fans of Arlene, they may wonder why her party would want to get rid of her. But, you know, it's worth remembering that... uh, the party also got rid of Ian Paisley, the man who founded the party and his church. He was founder of the Free Presbyterian Church. It also got uh, rid of him. So it was clearly a, a right-wing coup. The interesting thing to note just for now, and we can deal with this maybe in next week, God Spurs is in next week's podcast, is that the new leader... Uh, will face exactly the same challenges that all the other leaders have faced. Either they stop, go, stop, go, stop, go, or they embrace the process of change, which is ongoing, and manage it with the rest of us. Because one thing is for certain is that the process of change will continue, including the potential and the possibility of constitutional change as set out in the Good Friday Agreement. But for now, I just want to wish uh, Arlene well, and that's a a genuine, you know, behind all of these public faces is a private person, uh, a wife, a mother, a daughter. Uh, So I wish her well. I wish her husband and her well and and their family. And we'll, we'll pick up the pieces of all of this sometime in the upcoming period. Uh, I, I think interestingly enough, Mi- Michelle O'Neill, in her interview on the Late Late Show, uh, hit the nail on the head around this whole issue of constitutional change when she said that in the light of Brexit, a stark choice has opened up for people. Which union do you want to be part of? Do you wish to be part of an inclusive, inward-looking Ireland? There's something better for us to own our future together, to plan it, to find a way of ensuring that both Irish identity and British identity can live side by side. We've lived apart, she went on, for far too long. Now's the time to plan something that we all have a stake in and that we are all benefiting from. Michelle O'Neill is right. And a lot more people than those who would vote for Sinn Féin believe she is right. The BBC Spotlight Opinion Poll last week asked, should the North stay in the United Kingdom today? And 43% of the people said they would vote for United Ireland in a unity referendum. 49% opposed an immediate referendum. But the gap between the two positions is amazingly narrow. 
If you consider that there's been no date set, no plan discussed, no outlined shape of the New Ireland agreed, and the question asks for people's voting attentions on something that is to happen today. <coughs> so that's very interesting, I think. Uh, in response to another question, 48% said that partition was a negative development which should be regretted, with only 41% disagreeing. And one observer on Twitter, uh, Declan Lawn, who used to work for BBC Spotlight, reminded us that in a similar poll in 2013, 68% of people in the North wanted to stay in the United Kingdom. Just 17% wanted a United Ireland. So the political and demographic shifts are changing the face of Northern politics. And on Taoiseach's continued refusal to even contemplate commencing the process of planning for the referendum has become increasingly Thedbur. More so when he appears to be parroting the British Prime Minister Boris Johnson's line that he cannot see a referendum taking place for a very, very long time to come. So, do you believe Boris Johnson? Should anybody believe Boris Johnson? This is the same Prime Minister who said there would be no customs border down the REC. He was the leader who actually negotiated the withdrawal treaty and agreed the Irish protocol and introduced the customs border. And this is the same man the DUP has put its trust in again and again, even after he backstabbed them in the chest. So Boris is not to be trusted. The question is how many times does unionism have to be betrayed by British government before it learns the lesson of putting its trust and making friends with its neighbours on this island. Michelle is right again when she says partition has failed us all. Not just Republicans, not just nationalists, those from a unionist background, those with a British identity. So there's an imperative for us to be ready to have the conversation to ask what does the free Irish National Health Service look like for all of those who live in the island? What would education look like? What does the economy look like? There's no threat, she went on, in the constitutional change that may come in the future. And she says, and I accept this absolutely, that she personally, as a Republican and as joint head of government, will want to ensure that in any new constitutional position in the new and agreed Ireland, that the British identity lives side by side and is protected, and that there's no threat to anyone's identity. So well said, Ms O'Neill. I also, uh, just in the course of last weekend, had occasion to phone Chuck Feeney and his wife Helga because it was Chuck's 90th birthday. Now, Chuck Feeney is an amazing human being. And last year he succeeded in his ambition of giving away almost all of his wealth through Atlantic philanthropies. And his approach, he is, it's referred to as giving my living. 
He's given away over 8 billion euros to a variety of education, cancer research, music, sport, human rights projects, including many here in Ireland. And as an Irish-American, he also took a close interest in our peace process. He was part of the Connolly House Group, which included other leading Irish-Americans from business, politics and the trade union movement who contributed to the conditions leading to the first IRA cessation in 1994. He's an extraordinary man. And I've known him and had the honour and pleasure of knowing him for the 30 years since that time. So when I spoke to him and Helga, I'm glad to say they were both well. And I thanked him for his generosity and his solidarity. So, la braha hona detsa chuk arish. When you get to be 90, you can have many, many birthdays. It's also interesting to watch now. I know a lot of people are disappointed by what has been happening in South Africa and, and so on. Uh, but it's interesting that the ANC and they're led by our friend Cyril Ramaphosa it's interesting that they have come out very forthrightly and said that they would support an Irish unity referendum and that they support a united Ireland and I very much welcome that. We, we Republicans, Irish Republicans, have enjoyed long fraternal relationships with the African National Congress. And there have been ongoing solidarity links between Sinn Féin and the ANC for over three decades now. The late Conor Asmal, who was a former government minister and the leader of the anti-apartheid movement in Ireland, as well as an ANC leader in his own right, uh, wrote that uh, during the armed struggle that the IRA assisted MK, which was the, the army, the Freedom Army of the ANC. And MK was founded famously by Madiba, by Nelson Mandela and others way back in 1961. But later in our more recent times, as our peace strategy evolved and as the one in South Africa evolved and as Madiba was released and then elected as president of South Africa, myself and others, Martin McGuinness, Rita O'Hare, travelled to South Africa and after the Good Friday Agreement was achieved in 1998, African National Congress leaders, including Cyril Ramaphosa, travelled to Ireland and spoke to Republican grassroots and went to the prisons and met with Republican POWs. So, more recently, the Sinn Féin leadership, in this case led by Declan Kearney, our national chairperson, Kahayak Naisyunta, he held a series of meetings with representatives of the leadership of the ANC. And mindful of the period of intense negotiations that took place to end apartheid 
and of the many lessons we learnt from that at the time. The discussions included uh, looking at how new constitutional arrangements can be democratically put together and how that was done in South Africa. And I I remember at the time being an avid watcher of 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 how that was done and a big fan of how uh, a rights-based constitution, a citizen-centred constitution was put uh, in place. So last week, just the, the chair of the ANC's National Executive Committee on International Relations uh, at a meeting with Declan uh, agreed on some of these matters and afterwards spoke of the special historical bond going back to the global campaign against apartheid and the Irish peace process shared by the ANC and Sinn Féin and asserted a commitment to assisting Sinn Féin in its quest for the reunification of Ireland and also in their own right to raise uh, the issue of the reunification of Ireland through multilateral forums, including the UN, the African Union, the G20, and other relevant bodies, and also to mobilise support with libertarian movements, progressive parties, and the trade unions movement. So there's a, a memorandum of understanding being put together that will underscore the mutual objectives for the two parties to collaborate on common focus areas and solidarity work. So I think this is hugely significant. It's actually the re-energizing of the long-standing solidarity between people in struggle in South Africa and people in struggle here in, in Ireland. And you know, we, have, we have long recognised the importance of international solidarity and of the need to have a world view of being internationalist and Irish republicanism is essentially an internationalist credo. And while a lot of our international support came from Irish America and indeed from Britain and Australia, but it also came from South Africa. And and the many visits that we made back and forth and Remember Martin McGuinness after a, a, a visit in 1997, God rest Martin, he, he described that visit as one of the most memorable experiences of his life. So there, there are lessons in struggle, lessons for people to pick up on, to develop and to fit to their own particular needs in their own area of struggle. So I look forward to the the effort and the time ahead. Uh, I remember myself being being honoured to meet Madiba and some of us met him many, many times and became very friendly and uh, Richard McCauley and I were really flattered to be asked to be on his guard of honour at his funeral. And maybe maybe just, you know, to conclude, 
And remember what President Ramaphosa, when he spoke here in the Ulster Hall, he said, negotiations are about give and take. Had we wanted everything or nothing, we would have ended up with nothing. And interesting times that we're living through, interesting times that we prepare for constitutional change and try to develop something fitting for the people of this island. And the the president of the ANC is to meet with Ochtaron, Hinfein, uh, Mary Lou, MacDonald, next month. So that, that process of enhanced solidarity will take another step forward. And I suppose the timing of that meeting, which will be in May, hopefully, 40 years ago in his cell, Bobby Sands died. And in his cell, Nelson Mandela wrote on that day, IRA martyr Bobby Sands dies. So with a future to build, we can't rewrite the past, but we certainly are privileged to be able to write the future. And those of us who have that responsibility and that honour, and all of us should embrace it, are facing into this uh, new period of our history with great hope and determination. And finally, Mabuihas Dina Dini Abi Egobar Amash Nislevda in Andun August Unrecht. My, my thanks to our firefighters, to the people who put the fires out from Kerry to Down. They risk life and limb. They tackling fire, tackling fires which engulfed parts of our most scenic and most wild mountainscapes. Well done. We really appreciate your efforts. So, Shane, last uh, podcast, I wanted to play uh, Luke Kelly singing a song for Ireland because I, I think his is a wonderful version of it. So we'll try and do that uh, if Richard allows me this week. He's worried, I think, about copyright. But Luke Kelly, I'm sure, would not object to him being on this podcast and singing that wonderful song, The Wonderful Way That He Does. So Shin Mamej, Nirienta Libsha, have a really, really wonderful May Day. Up the workers. Walking all the day Near tall towers where falcons build their nests Silver-winged they fly They know the call of freedom in their breasts Saw black head against the sky Where twisted rocks they run to the sea Living on your western shore Saw summer sunsets asked for more I stood by your Atlantic sea And I sang a song for Ireland Drinking all the day 
In old pubs where fiddlers love to play Saw one touch the bow He played a reel which seemed so grand and gay Stud on dingle beach and cast In wild foam we found Atlantic bass Living on your western shore Saw summer sunsets, asked for more I stood by your Atlantic sea And sang a song for Ireland With true friends who try to make you stay Telling jokes and the news Singing songs to while the time away Watch the Galway salmon run Like silver dancing, darting in the sun Living on your western shore Saw summer sunsets, asked for more I stood by your Atlantic sea And I sang a song for Ireland Dreaming in the night I saw a land where no one to fight Waking in your dawn I saw you crying in the morning light Sleeping where the falcons fly They twist and turn all in your air blue sky Living on your western shore Saw summer sunsets, asked for more I stood by your Atlantic sea And I sang a song for 